We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. If you're confused by the night face-up, join the club. We're going to talk about it today. One of Julio Cortazar's most famous shorter works. I mean, this started off confusing me just from the title. It's like so unique and bizarre. I loved it. This is an author that I've been wanting to get on our radar for quite some time. We start out with this unnamed protagonist getting on the motorcycle. He's chill. He's just minding his own business. And 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 the drama is, you know, he's about to hit this lady and he tries to avoid her. And we crash and, and we have this fade out, right? Like, like oh, okay, that's that's pretty, you know, attention grabbing. <laughs> yeah. rush him to the local pharmacy and then he gets to the hospital and he sees a doctor like approaching him with something gleaming in his hand and we, we pass out and that's when we enter into the Aztec world where wait what like, oh <laughs> is this a vision is this a dream like like oh my gosh we're being chased like wow like this guy has some really lucid and crazy dreams for sure this is a lot to take in from an opening yeah i mean you gotta think you're hitting on all sides you're bombarded with your senses because i feel like cortazar is giving you sensory overload i think that's on purpose because you have the the sights the sounds the smells you're getting everything which is kind of unusual for a story because a lot of authors they don't use all of the senses in the story you don't talk about being cold and hungry and smelling something and hot and is that doesn't happen so you have this sensory overload and then you have modern times and then warping back 500 years to aztec times you're confused as, as, as just as much as mm. the, I think, the unnamed narrator as well. And I think that's all intentional as we see as we go through this story. For sure, I think that the transitions are unforgiving, right? You got to be on your toes. But what is that? What is this frame narrative? You know, we open up in the modern world with a modern problem, getting a modern solution, right? In terms of the crash, getting rushed to the hospital. You've got camaraderie, people trying to help him out. What is this frame narrative set the tone for when we go into this Aztec world where we're trying to follow this trail and are being a manhunt, a war? Like, like, what do you think the purpose of this frame narrative is? I think it's taking these two different spaces or two different times and setting them up that idea that we've seen in many, many pop culture movies and shows of that dream within a dream how lucid is the reality that you know? And I think that framing it with these two different timelines is is setting you up for confusion on purpose. Have you looked at the story in a bubble between the two timelines? Like if you take just the modern world, okay? So like after, after the parts that we've discussed so far, we get woken up by our bro Dizzle next to us telling us that we're having a crazy dream. He tells us that we need some food and that it's the night terrors and stuff like that. Um, not a lot happening in the modern world, I'd say. Like after this initial shock, we're kind of just recovering. We're we're given this celery soup that has this smell that kind of like awakens us and 
And well, that we this can't be dreaming, right? Because we smell the celery soup. Even yeah, I think that if you look specifically at the language, it some of the language is very alienating, especially with the senses of the smell is used particularly well in the story to kind of denote whether something is real or possibly not real is how I read into it. Uh, that that the author, the unnamed narrator, even himself says that he was struggling to understand because he's not supposed to be able to smell in his dreams. Do you think with, if, if we're looking at just the modern world for a second, do you think that modernity provides comfort? Uh, I don't want to say it's boring, but there, if you look at the story after this accident, there ain't a lot happening. So two things there. One, it does feel like the modern world is, quote, boring. And I think that's because, spoiler alert, uh, if we're going to go there already, the man is an Aztec somehow dreaming of the future. And he doesn't understand what's going on in the future. So it's hard to describe the future. So it seems very fantastical, but boring at the same time because he doesn't know how to describe it. And that's the cool twist. And the other thing is you see all these parallels between the Aztec world and the modern world um, of how the man is describing like the motorcycle and the knife, uh, the smells, all of those kind of seem to be in tandem. But one is obviously a little bit more real because he is an Aztecian uh, Aztec <laughs> and, and somehow trying to describe a future you know, walkabout vision, which is kind of the really cool twist of the story. Well, or is he Motecan or whatever? He was following the Motecan trail. I guess I wasn't sure if he was that and the Aztecs were chasing him, whatever the, the difference is. Um, let's, let's talk about some of those dualities, right? Because you mentioned the knife. So one, kind of in the middle, you have him t using a knife to, to kill, to, to stab this attacker, if you will. And if you look in the modern world, his, his tool is the motorcycle, and it's this weird attempt to not kill to to not to try to save himself from this accident with the motorcycle so even the modern world has like this sense of safety protection healing while the aztec world has more of this murder killer p be killed type of atmosphere if you look at the 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 opening you had the um the surgeon approach him with the scalpel like something gleaming in his right hand and at the end it's the knife that's going to take his life Right. So again, like the safety and healing of the knife in the modern world versus the aggressive usages of murdering in the Aztec world. Yeah. So I think maybe a couple of good words to say that the modern world is soft and the old world is savage. Uh, and, and some of the, the adjectives kind of lend itself to that as way as well. And I, I love this quote where it says he tried to fix the moment of the accident exactly. And it got him very angry to notice that there was a void there an emptiest he could not manage to fill. And I think that to me brought home the, the whole point of the story is that we're all untrustworthy narrators in our own minds of our own histories. And that you try to latch on to the, the history of your past or your future or your visions, your dreams. And sometimes there's this void and you don't know how to fill it. And we dream of that future. And this guy is literally dreaming of the future, but it doesn't matter because he doesn't understand it. Uh, so he should be more happy uh, or be more concerned with the present uh, like he should have been because then maybe he wouldn't be killed <laughs> is kind of how I took like the moral of the story is what I got out of it. I wonder when we talk about how he... Um, when when he's getting ready to be sacrificed at the end, I I I think 
brutality is more the word I, I would describe the Aztec world. It, it's not safe. Oh, for yeah. Anyone. Yes. Um, he he wants comfort, I would say, because if you remember, he, he's like, I want to dream of this world of like the, the ceiling. And, and again, he, on the altar, he, which way is he facing? He's facing up because he's looking at the stars, the night face up. And then again, when he's in the hospital in the modern world, yep. he's laying on his back looking up at this unfamiliar ceiling. Right. And if you remember also, like when he got pulled up in the modern world, he had like the broken right arm, like he squealed when he got pulled up. And when he's chained up and he's trying to break free, he, his right arm is what hurts in, 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 in the Aztec world, too. But he's he's looking for comfort because he's he's gotten off the trail, as they say at one point in the story. And he says if he could just go to that modern world again, again, like the modern world being this comfort, it's so it's such a, a trip to me that Cortazar creates this. He, he tricked me where I thought I, I thought the real world was the modern world because that's what you and I live in. We associate with that. That's the frame yep. narrative. And usually you start in the framing part. Right. But what makes the story interesting is that we then jump into the Aztec world, which is the actual world. Once you get further into it and some more information is revealed, that's that's a total flip from the usual structure author's approach. So for him to say this, this world is brutal, right? Whether you're in the Aztec world or honestly, even if you're in now, some people have brutalized. It's not easy for everyone. Yeah, we true. dream of comfort. We dream of something safer where there's that person, all these things that are killing machines in terms of the knives and stuff like that in a brutal world are healing in, in this fantasy world. And it's so interesting the way that this, this like, you know, on a moment of death, like how common is that, that we, we seek comfort. And, and that's what this man dreams of, of the world that you and I live in is seen as the comfort world. One thing that I do love about the story is that there is no explanation of how it happens. And I love that mystery about it. I love that magical uh, element to the story that it isn't over-explained of how does this... Uh, guy that's living 500 years ago from our modern times, you know, how does he dream of a motorcycle and stoplights and doctors and hospitals and pharmacies? It's never explained. And I think that that's brilliant that there's this air of mystery about the whole story as well, because if you nowadays started dreaming of the year 2500 with teleporters and all kinds of fantastical stuff or whatever, you'd be seen as crazy. Uh, but how would how would you have gained that power? And I love that it's never actually explained. It's a really cool story. I think there's a lot of modern twists on this story as well with the dream within a dream. Uh, I, I, this is the one time I kind of figured this one out um, because they gave you a little bit of the clue of the Aztec um, b uh, verbiage before at the very beginning. So I, I don't know if the, the frame narrative does start with the modern world because there is that um, line at the very beginning of, of the Aztecian... Uh, uh, wording. Oh, you mean like in terms of like the, the epigraph, you view that as like the starting point as opposed to like the before narrative section. I can see that. That's uh, I, t I just kind of took it as kind of like, like, you know, how sometimes like they give you the clue as to where they're going to go with the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe my mistake was a benefit this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying it was a mistake. I think this is a, a story that is specifically crafted to try to blur the lines between reality and fantasy. This is definitely a story that's not, it, to your point about not going too far into details, if it had, it would have made that blurring a lot more difficult. I think it was necessary for Cortazar to pull off what he needed to 
very well in the story playlist down below for other Cortazar and other talks. What do you want to see us cover next by him or any other authors? Let us know in the comments down below. My name has been Una. Peace. Peace.